Welcome in the fade. I'm Clay Travis. She is Kelly Stewart, a.k.a. Kelly in Vegas. I'm not sure if she's recovered from being in Austin for Kansas State's epic fourth and four decision to go for the win. We will talk about that momentarily, but we're here to break down everything for you in the world of college football and the NFL gambling. Little bit of news right off the top. We are taping this uh, on, uh, what is it, Friday morning? I can barely keep up. I've been traveling all over the place. And so uh, if news breaks and or changes, we're talking about this uh, at, uh, what time is it right now? It is 11 a.m. on Friday. So just FYI, you're like, well, I don't know why you're not talking. It's Friday. I know there's lots of news uh, dumps, all those different things, particularly in the Michigan uh, situation. We'll see what happens there. I feel like there may be many different twists and turns before all is said and done. But let's start, Kelly, with your reaction to Kansas State going for the win in Austin. Right decision, wrong decision. What was the immediate aftermath like for you and K-State fans? You know, as a gambler, Clay, we're supposed to have short-term memories. I can't believe you're making me relive this on this beautiful Friday morning. I'm already on to week 11. Listen, Kansas State down 17 nothing. I was sitting in club level with some good friends of mine, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go be with my people. I went up to the nosebleeds. The next thing you know, K-State has a great second half four turnovers by the horns two interceptions by Malik Murphy and I said okay now we got ourselves a football game all the momentum was on the side of the Wildcats should they have kicked the field goal there absolutely now if they were double digit underdogs at home never had a chance to win that game came roaring back yeah you go for the win like we saw with Cal USC a couple weeks ago that's not the case to do it I was not very happy about it I said some choice things on Twitter that the Wildcat fans were not very happy with me about. But all I simply said was the last time K-State lost a game they should have won in Austin, they fired Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator. I will say this. I like Colin Klein. I think he's doing an, an, a tremendous job, but he has got to stop being so darn conservative. It is very frustrating for me as a fan. Uh, all right, so let's go in. I lost last night. I feel like it was highway robbery. I had the under in the Virginia-Louisville game. I don't know how many people actually were paying attention, but through, what was it, like 45 minutes, basically, the two teams had combined for about 14 uh, points, and then uh, we got two defensive touchdowns. Even in the 14 points, there was a blocked uh, uh, punt for a touchdown. The fact that that game went over is highway robbery, so I already took an L on that one, and it's one that stings because I, at the end, uh, late in the third quarter as I was sitting on Sean Hannity waiting to go on, uh, I'm watching it on uh, television, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this one's going to cash. I did not. But let's start with college football. I'll run through some of the big games that I've got. We mentioned Michigan. Uh, I took Penn State early in the week plus 5.5 because this feels to me like the kind of game that James Franklin wins. He gets his team up for one game where they play out of their minds. We know all the Tempest turmoil that's going on at Michigan right now. Uh, the line has come back down. Uh, I think it's around three and a half, four, four and a half, depends on where you're shopping right now. Do you think, Kelly, like let's start with this. If Jim Harbaugh was suspended, because there has been talk that the Big Ten might suspend him. Again, we're talking at 11.06 a.m. Eastern, so that has not happened as we are talking. Do you think the line would move very much if Jim Harbaugh were suspended, or do you think Vegas has kind of already taken into account 
the turmoil surrounding the Michigan investigation to have the line where it's sitting right now. Clay, something I always like to tell people, you can't quantify revenge. You can't quantify distraction. There is no mathematical equation here. I think the betting public, including myself and obviously you, agreed that Penn State has a very good opportunity to win this game, and that's why when it opened at five and a half, we all said too many points and we bet it. I also bet it on the money line because we know that playing a game at Beaver Stadium is tough. I know it's not going to be a whiteout. I know it's a noon game, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be absolutely bananas there. I understand that Penn State offensively can struggle at times, which can be very frustrating, but you could argue that the, the first uh, number one defense in the country here, you could also argue that Michigan is, depending on which metrics you prefer to use, but I would have to agree with you here. No Harbaugh, this line's going to drop even further. Whether he actually means something to the betting number or not, people love to react to news after it happens. Is it built into the line? I don't think it is. I made this game three and a half. I think it's sitting right where it needs to be. And I do think the Nittany Lions have a really good shot here. They've been cover machines for the last 18 games. I think yeah. they can win this one. I agree. Uh, so I'm on, we agree on Penn State here. Let's go to a couple of other big ones. Uh, Ole Miss plus a big number at Georgia. Lane Kiffin now has his own scandal with uh, this uh, audio recording that has come out of him uh, kicking a player off the team. I love Ole Miss before that story even broke because everybody's just forgotten about Lane Kiffin's team. They had a bad second half at Alabama. People forget they were winning on the road at Tuscaloosa. Uh, they uh, Georgia has not been great. I'm going to be honest. I know they're undefeated. I know everybody's thinking where they won 25 in a row or whatever they have. Uh, but I feel like Ole Miss, which is effectively eliminated in the SEC West based on, I don't think Alabama is going to lose to Kentucky and Auburn to finish the season. That's what would be required for Ole Miss. And they, Ole Miss would still obviously have to win out as well. I love them plus the points at Georgia. I, I just think Lane Kiffin is going to coach with no stress. Uh, this is a game where all the pressure, I believe, is on Georgia. Um, I'm on Ole Miss. What do you think? Are you running away from it? You betting with me? I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole, Clay. You and I have spoken about this several weeks in a row now. Who are the Georgia Bulldogs? They beat up on bad teams like Florida, but then they struggle with bad teams like Auburn. I cannot figure them out. I'm a big Lane Kiffin fan, uh, but you're right. He does kind of have a little bit of a spotlight on himself right now. Here's where it kind of starts to become a head-scratcher for me. You want to give the number 10-ranked team in the country basically a 12-point head start, it seems almost too easy for me. It was almost like when Florida was catching too many points and everybody liked Florida, I said, I think Georgia's the right side here. I took that one on the chin. I'm not going to get involved here, but I would love to see Ole Miss somehow spring this upset over the Bulldogs and just cause some chaos. We all know I'm, I'm all for uh, watching college football teams burn and uh, college football playoff hopes just go up in flames. Uh, another one that's interesting to me, Tennessee on the road at Mizzou. Josh Heupel, former offensive coordinator at Mizzou, he has dominated in uh, his first couple of years going head-to-head -head against Mizzou in terms of the amount of points he's been scoring. Um, I'm on the over in this one. It opened, I think, at 55.5, went to 59.5. That's where I bet it. I think it's come back down now to 57.5. Uh, my idea here on taking the over is I think each of these teams has a good chance to score 30. 
I don't like Tennessee's pass defense against Brady Cook and these uh, wide receivers that Missouri can trot out. I don't like Mizzou's ability to stop Tennessee in the run game, and Joe Milton is playing better. Uh, the line right now is around one and a half, so basically Vegas has just kind of thrown their hands up. The game, obviously, at Mizzou, it's a CBS kick. Tennessee, to me, I'm curious what you would say, Kelly. Obviously, I follow Tennessee a lot because uh, I've been a longtime University of Tennessee fan, but I feel like basically after losing at Florida, for the most part, Tennessee hasn't really been much of the national conversation. Uh, other than, man, people are kind of surprised at the first half performance at Bama, but then they laid an egg in the second half. Um, if Tennessee could win this game, and if Ole Miss could pull off an upset next weekend, I'll be in Knoxville for big noon, uh, that would be a huge, unbelievable environment because Tennessee would be playing with a chance to win the SEC East. I, I don't know what the math would be. There's probably a 20%, 15% chance of the, both those outcomes happening right now. Do you have a strong lean on this one? Because Mizzou has been the surprise of the SEC East season so far. Uh, Tennessee's been roughly what people would have expected. Uh, what do you think happens in Columbia? Like I said, I'm on the over. I'm not touching either team. Yeah, I don't think I want to take the under. I'll tell you that much. These two teams can get into a, a very high-scoring affair, but I don't think that bodes well for your balls, right? You mentioned the running game. That's how you're going to beat Mizzou, you're going to run the ball down the throats. And that's where my Kansas State Wildcats really faltered that they couldn't get the running game really going against Missouri. So as much as you like the over, and I lean towards the over in this one, I don't think you really want it to be a high scoring affair. You mentioned the Tigers. They have kind of perplexed me at times. Uh, unfortunate beat against LSU for me. And I said, all right, I had enough with this Mizzou team. Brady Cook. That was a brutal beat for everybody. The pick six with like 30 seconds left after Mizzou had been in control. Were they like a five and a half or six point underdog in that game? If I remember correctly, I had Mizzou yeah. plus the points. And that was brutal. It was not very much fun. And the reason why I liked him at home is because Eli Drinkowitz is really great at home. 24 and eight in his career there as head coach. I think this is a coin flip type game. I want no part of it, but I do lean with you here towards the over. But unfortunately that does bode well for Mizzou. Uh, all right, SC Oregon. I'm not overthinking this one. I'm taking the over. And I know you talked about this. What did you think about Caleb Williams crying after they lost to Washington? You know, I, I, uh, let's see. How do I put this? I would have felt bad for Caleb had he went into the locker room and was visibly upset with his teammates as a leader, and they were just kind of feeling defeated together, right? Like, they've lost four of their last five at that point. This was not a expectation for this team. He thought he was going to win a second Heisman, be a first-round draft pick. I understand why he was emotional. But to jump to your mom in the stands as an adult male is uh, it's kind of uh, disconcerting for me to think that you're the leader of this team. I, you know, he made fun of Max Duggan. So once I... Kind of put that connection together. I'm like, all right, man, you lost me here. Now I no longer feel for you. I'm sure it's very frustrating uh, to be that caliber of a quarterback and have no defense to be able to bail you out. I was on SC in that game. Trust me, Clay, I wanted to cry too. But unfortunately, my mom wasn't here to console me. <laughs> uh, are you on the over? Or are you staying away from SC Oregon? Do you like either side? Uh, you know, Lincoln Riley, man. You would think that uh, firing, you know, his defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, 
and they're going to get something going here, right? You would like to think somehow that rejuvenates this team. I just don't know if it if it's going to, right? You have this Oregon Ducks team that is neck and neck. Looks like they're going to be facing Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. I don't know. Can Caleb wipe away his tears and man up? I'm not sure. This is a, a really tough spot for SC. Would it surprise me for them to go out and play their butts off and win this game? No, it wouldn't. But in in order to do that, they're going to have to be able to stop Oregon and Bo Nix. Bo Nix is also uh, vying for a Heisman campaign right now. Uh, I don't want to think the under. How about that, Clay? I don't love this spot yeah. here. And you know me, I always try to make a case for the underdogs, especially if I think they can win outright. I just don't see it from the Trojans. I'm on the over. All right. Um, let me run through a bunch. Of, I got a, a lot of picks again. Um Oh, by the way, let's do this game. Alabama, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky is an enigmatic team. I think they've been a little bit difficult to predict. They're a double-digit home dog. Early kick uh, in uh, in the bluegrass. I took Kentucky in this game um, with the idea that Alabama's coming off, obviously, LSU, but also Tennessee. I know they had a bye weekend there. Uh, Kentucky at home has been somewhat decent. I know they lost to Mizzou. I know they lost to Tennessee. Uh, but they haven't, now, other than that game against Georgia, they haven't just gotten obliterated by anybody. Um, so, again, I, I know Alabama is going to win the West, and Jalen Milrow has gotten better and better both as a passing and a running threat. But I just keep looking around and saying, Alabama doesn't have great wide receivers. They don't have great running backs. Their offensive line is not very good. At some point, I feel like Jalen Milrow is going to have a two or three interception game, even if it's not his fault, ball gets tipped, uh, those kind of things. I'm not saying Kentucky can win, but I'm taking the Wildcats plus the points. You think I'm crazy? What do you think about Kentucky-Bama? No, I don't think you're crazy here, Clay. This is a Kentucky team that's kind of been frustrating uh, to me, if we're being honest. Alabama, you and I spoke about this weeks ago, and I said, okay, stop with the quarterback carousel. And that has worked well for them. Now that Jalen Milrow is their trigger man, things have kind of started to click for this team. But this still isn't your traditional Alabama team. They're not blowing teams out. Sure, that final score, 42-28 over LSU, looked really good. But it was not quite that close until the late in the fourth. Uh, I do like Kentucky here. As you mentioned, early sleepy kick for the Wildcats. I think this is too many points. Plus, we know they've done so well as conference home underdogs. They've covered five straight. That's the kind of stuff I love to see. I like Bob Stoops um, here in this spot. But I just have to kind of think what might happen here is Kentucky falters late, and that concerns me. So if I look at a Kentucky, I think playing them in the first half might be the better spot here. Uh, all right, here are my other uh, bets. These are not as big a games. I've got the Vandy, South Carolina over. Uh, I love this game. I've got two blood banks. I might be the only person who's making a blood bank on this game. Uh, certainly the only person with a blood bank. Only person who's, like, focused on this game. I think Old Dominion at Liberty. The over is a blood bank guarantee. I've got two of them. Uh, take it. Uh, it probably doesn't even take, you know better than me, Kelly, that many people to even bet this game uh, to really get things uh, roaring on that one because the market's relatively small. I've got the under on NC State Wake. Uh, the under, we need to talk about this, 28 and a half. 
in Rutgers, Iowa, the lowest over-under, I think, in recorded history for major FBS football. And the over in, well, let's stop there. Any of those jump out at you? Do you have any strong takes on any of them? I actually can tell you that I somebody I really respect played Old Dominion on the money line, thinks that they can go in there and spring the upset. Clay, I'd be lying to you if I said I spent more than three seconds looking at that game. Uh, Wake Forest, though, I can tell you this right now. I'm going to be on Wake Forest over North Carolina State. North Carolina State quietly been on a nice little run there, but I think it comes crashing down. We're going to see, uh, you know, Mitch Griffiths, not not great, just thrown up one touchdown passes, but then we will see him be able to exploit this North Carolina State defense. I think North Carolina State's getting a little too much love here. I think it's funny you're playing all these totals this week. You're just springing me for a loop. Yeah, well, I love I love over-unders. I really do. It's um, because you can find some value here on the totals in regards to who's not playing defense, who is, right? We talked about this a lot in college football, teams that are streaking against the spread. Vanderbilt's been one of those teams streaking towards the over. South Carolina, too. So it makes sense that you think this is going to be a very offensive tempo up like, you know, type of game. Now, uh, well, that being said, we'll see how Spencer Rattler does. But, hey, he might be good for a pick six. For that I have lost, Kelly, every Vanderbilt bet I've made this year and every South Carolina bet I've made this year. So why not just roll them back together? Um, what, what do you think about that over-under Rutgers-Iowa, 28-and-a-half? Um, I mean, you it, it, basically – Vegas is throwing up their arms and saying we can't put the unders low enough for Iowa football games right now. And they can't. But what are you going to do? I mean, this could be a, I don't know, 12-9 final. This could be a complete and utter field goal fest. Do you want to take the over? I understand what Vegas is trying to do, and they're doing the same thing in the NFL, and the unders just keep cashing. So I would have to agree here, Clay, that it's just going to keep cashing uh, for this Rutgers Iowa team, I don't want to take the under. That is absolutely and utterly nauseating. But at this point, the offensive bar is so low. How could you take the over? Um, this game is, uh, I, I think, intriguing because you're down in Florida where you live now. Billy Napier, um, five and four Florida Gators. You were right. I changed my bet. I ended up being wrong. Arkansas went on the road as an underdog, wins it outright. And now you're looking at Florida sitting at 5-4. and four. They've got to go to LSU this weekend. By the way, I've got the over in that game. Uh, I, I think that LSU is going to run all over them, pass all over them. I think Florida is going to have a real problem there. Then they go on the road to Mizzou, and then they finish against Florida State. Here's a stat. If Florida goes 5-7, and seven, it would be the first time the Florida Gators have gone three straight under 500 seasons since 1945 to 1947. So I think that LSU coming off of a bad final 20 minutes or so in Tuscaloosa is just going to run roughshod all over uh, Florida. The, my one concern is LSU's defense is so bad that I feel like Florida will have some success because Graham Mertz has actually thrown for a lot of yards. Um, and so I, I'm st I'm very confident on the over here, uh, which is why I'm hopping on it in a big way. That's tough. I don't know if Florida's got the offensive firepower to hit this over, and that's my concern. 
But look, when you have a team, and as you mentioned, uh, they could be making history here. But when you have a team that's five and two and facing, whether it's any team in college football, and facing that cusp of bowl eligibility that they can't wait to have, right? That is a big deal for some of these teams. They need that win. But I think Florida might be able to get that win at Mizzou next week. We'll see. I definitely don't think they'll be able to get it at home versus Florida State, and I don't think they'll be able to get it this week versus LSU. But that doesn't mean that they won't play hard. Uh, have we heard if Jaden Daniels is playing or not? I still have him written down as questionable for this game. Yeah, I just presume that he's going to play. Um, I don't know if they have officially, officially said. Let me pull up the absolute latest. Um, I was told that he was going to be a go. Um, but you're right that um, you're right that they definitely um, tried to, uh, you know, kind of keep it up. Uh, he's returned uh, to practice and now listed officially as probable. Um, so they haven't uh, they haven't officially uh, said that he's going to play, but probable and back in practice. I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't. Uh, by the way, Arkansas, we just mentioned them. Opens as a small favorite at home against Auburn of minus two and a half. I think that's ticked out over three now. Uh, what do you think about this game? Are you doubling down on the Razorbacks, or are they make you nervous at home? No, I think that this is the right play. I think it's a bad matchup for Auburn, honestly. Look, Arkansas yeah, I agree. mentioned last week they were the best two-win team in the country, Clay, and they <laughs> and got a win for the first time ever. What do we know from Auburn? We know that they can run the ball a little bit here and there, right? But outside of that, outside of their defense, right, they they don't do anything. This is a, such an abysmal offense to watch. It's almost painful. If you watch uh, Hot Mike every once in a while, I told Chad, don't worry, this Auburn team's going to beat A&M, and that was probably the worst pick I've had all college football season. Again, I understand Arkansas has struggled to get those Ws, but their defense has been really solid for a better part of the second half of the season. I think that they can come to play once again. I just don't know how Auburn's going to score. I think Arkansas should be able to get that passing attack going like we saw last week. Uh, look, this is like a, a 35-10 game like on, on paper to me. So I will actually be on the hogs again. All right, I love A&M. You just mentioned A&M. I know that they're 5-4 and four and everybody wants to fire Jimbo. Mississippi State's going on the road in Aggieland. Mississippi State can't score. Uh, I watched that game against Kentucky. I think it's going to be a disaster. I, I got A&M at 17.5. I think they're out to 19.5 or 20 now, lots of places. I'm also on the under. I'm a little bit apprehensive about that, but I think A&M's going to win something like 31-3, 28-6, something really low scoring. I don't think Mississippi State gets a touchdown in this game. Uh, I took Duke as a double-digit underdog against North Carolina because North Carolina's lost their last two ACC games, and I think that number's just too high with Duke's defense. And now that number's out to 14.5, so evidently I'm an idiot there. Uh, those are my last two bets. Do you have any, or last three bets, do you have anything else outstanding that you love in college football? The only thing I will say about A&M is I agree with everything you said unless they mailed it in. That is my my one concern. Has Jim That's my concern too. I think at home, I think at home that they'll uh, you know, they're still young enough they don't want to lose, but that's why I initially was just taking the under and then I just kept looking at it and I said I'm not going to doubt myself. They should obliterate uh this Mississippi State team that just can't score. 
I agree. And I like Duke as well. They were in contention uh, for my underdog Moneyline parlay. The problem is they can't keep score with North Carolina. The good news is North Carolina doesn't play any defense. I'm also on Miami, plus the two touchdowns in Tallahassee. And I know that's really okay. good. These teams went out, right? Uh, but I do think that Miami is going to keep this one close unless Mario does something absolutely outrageous. If you look at this series, the last 25 games, 18-7 and seven against the spread the dog is with 12 outright winners. FSU, everybody was ready to say, okay, this is the best team in the country, you know, after they beat LSU week one. But since then, I have not really been that impressed with their offense, including last week at Pittsburgh. They got into a shootout with Clemson, who we know is really having a down year. And remember, on the road at Boston College, could have easily lost that game. So I like Miami here. Two touchdowns. I do think they're worth a sprinkle plus 425 on the money line clay. But, man, betting Mario Cristobal has not done well for me this year. But uh, the one time I took them versus A&M, and that was early in the season. And then I also took TCU plus 10 and a half. I got a terrible number. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, now Quinn Ewers is playing. And I'm going, what did I Yep. So now the line's ticked up. But I think it's a little bit of an overreaction, right? This is still a road game. In a hostile territory, I understand that the Horned Frogs have been very subpar. But they lost eight guys to the NFL. There is some motivation here to beat Texas as every single school has kept it close, including Houston, at least as far as the spread goes. And that is because Texas is going to the SEC. And if you look, the Horned Frogs have won as underdogs three of the last four. I think this this line is a little bit out of control considering that Ewers is still not 100%, even though they are going to make him the trigger man because Malik Murphy was showed some serious regression last week versus my Wildcat. Uh, all right, let's go. Anything else in college football that you like before we pivot to the NFL here? Yeah, I did lay three and a half with the Jayhawks. Uh, I know Texas Tech has been historically great against Kansas, but who hasn't, right? Look, you've got to look at this spot and see what's going on with Lance Leopold as long as he's not bolting for Michigan State. I think the Jayhawks handle business at home. Uh, all right, let's go into the NFL. I'll hit you, Kelly, with all of my NFL picks, and then you can tell me what you like. By the way, in our high-end uh, fantasy football league, would you bet on my team to be the champs right now if you had to pick a team? Oh, interesting. I mean, I know you let your 12-year-old uh, draft your team, and uh, that's kind of a, a little bit of a farce because I also – To be fair – it wasn't just my 12-year-old. Uh, he's now turned 13. It was also my 8-year-old who has now turned 9. The Travis Family Brain Trust has drafted. We're uh, in our high-end fantasy football league for people out there. Uh, we've got a fun group. Um, I believe I'm 20 total points out of having the best team so far this year, and I've won five in a row and am now sitting at 6-3, and three, potentially – potentially the best team in the league i'll just say i've got a stacked team i'm gonna give you a you're welcome last week uh we were 16 point underdogs and our team is just completely decimated with injuries thank god for that injured or reserve slot otherwise we'd be in a whole bunch of hurt this week but james connor is coming back we beat the best team who was the best team in the league so now you are the best team in the league uh i did win a nice little side bet on that one so i'll take it uh but yeah clay your team looks stacked Peaking at the right time, i got to get another win this week, but I'd be lying to you if I logged into that website to even look at things over the past few weeks because it has just been so bad. 
Uh, all right, uh, Colts. This is a this is this is Frankfurt. Is this another Germany game? I'm not even sure exactly where they're playing this one. Yes, I know it's an early kick in Europe. Um, I'm on the Colts to beat the Patriots. Uh, I got them at one and a half. Um, I don't know what you think about this game. I always remind people if you're anything like me, you spend all day Saturday watching games, go to bed late. Particularly this USC Oregon game is not kicking off to like what 10:30 on the East Coast. I don't think. Um, so a lot of people are going to be up late watching that game. Get your bets in early on this one because the number – get your team set for fantasy. Number of times guys I, and, and gals out there, I know because I've been one of them, wake up and you're like, oh, crap, they've already kicked off and it's halftime. Um, get your bets in. I love the Colts against the Patriots. I, I, I just think the Colts are the better team. Uh, there's not a lot of, of magic to this. I'd have to agree. I mean, the Patriots, the only thing they're good at is winning divisional games against teams they shouldn't beat. Uh, 0-5 in non-divisional games this year. Look, they, they don't have any weapons. Matt Jones is just very, just, he's not a good quarterback, right? They've only scored 20 points yep. or more twice a season. Look, the Colts have been really improved under Shane Seichen. Are they going to stay improved? We're going to find out. Uh, they've been really great on the road as well, which is also really interesting. I got to lean towards the Colts here, but man, you got to think Bill's going to turn it around at some point. I don't. I think he's an average coach when he doesn't have uh, – average NFL coach when he doesn't have Brady. I think that's what all the data shows. Uh, by the way, a couple of others. Saints, Vikings. I know that my guy Josh Dobbs came off the bench and played phenomenally well. I don't think that's going to happen again this week. Uh, I'm on the under here uh, with the Saints team. I know they've had some offensive success of late. I don't think they'll have much in Minnesota. I'm on the under there. Packers, Steelers, two mediocre to bad quarterbacks, two decent defenses. I'm going to take the under there. Do you feel strongly on either of those games? Yeah, I wanted to lay three with the Steelers earlier in the week. I did not. I don't trust Jordan Love and this Packers team, even though they beat up on a, a Rams team without Matthew Stafford last week. I'm going to pass, but lean towards the Steelers in that one. And as far as Minnesota and New Orleans goes, I don't understand all this New Orleans love. Uh, last week really struggled there with the Bears. I was happy to get that survivor win. It's really their defense that has uh, allowed, you know, that that has not allowed teams to score on them. Josh Dobbs looked great considering he didn't even know the playbook. I like Kevin O'Connell, but I think that they probably will get the loss here this weekend. They looked a little too good in beating the Falcons. Lions Chargers, I'm going on the over. Um, I like what both these offenses have been able to do. I like that the Chargers came out and just dominated this past week. Lions, obviously, my wife's from Michigan. I hear from all of her family about the Lions all the time. They got uh, that 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 performance against the Ravens was tough to watch, but I think the offense, Jared Goff going up against Justin Herbert, I feel like there will be a lot of Lions fans out there over feels like the play to me oh I don't know that Detroit Lions defense might come to play you know it's a little different when you have to step up in class to play Jared Goff versus Tyson Badgett and Zach Wilson I think this is a really tough spot for the Chargers again when you go east coast back to west coast it is 2023 but it does still take some time off your body clock particularly that being a Monday night game You've got this Lions team that I think is probably one of the more balanced teams in the NFL. Yes, they did struggle versus Detroit, but they still cover 15 of their last 18. I like this team a lot. I think they can go in there and get the road win. 
Yeah, good deal. Um, let's see. Giants, Cowboys. Um, I've taken the Cowboys minus 17 and a half. <laughs> and I know that's a monster number for the NFL. But with Daniel Jones out for the year, this Giants offense, Kelly, I don't think can score. Um, and the Cowboys are coming off of yet another Cowboys performance uh, that, that you know, just feels so bipolar. Uh, but the way they lose always feels so epic. I think they win going away against the Giants. Even with this monster number, I am getting in on the Cowboys at home minus 17 and a half. Yeah, that is a monster number, but it's a monster number for a reason. You've got the, the Cowboys averaging almost 39 points in their last eight home games. That is some big-time offense from this team. We know defensively what they're able to do. And then the Giants, it's so bad, right? Now they lost Tyron Taylor and they got Tommy DeVito. Or are they going to march out Matt Barkley? We just don't know, but it probably doesn't matter. I have uh, some reservations about laying this many points. But, hey, if Dak can stay hot, I think that they should absolutely win this game in similar fashion that they did to opening week, probably 41 nothing. Uh, all right, Jets at Raiders. Um, I'm taking the Raiders. This is basically a money line uh, bet, but I think the Raiders get it done against the Jets. I like the new vibe that the team has. I like the way they played uh, with uh, with suddenly Josh McDaniels gone and everybody hating them. That's my final pick uh, of the week. The Jets, I think, are a one-point favorite, so I'll take the one point just in case we get a push at 21-20 or something like that. Uh, but I, I think the Raiders basically money line play here. Jets, the better team. I guess one could argue that. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, not much worse than Jimmy Garoppolo, as we've seen. I'm still kicking myself for not taking Vegas last week uh, after McDaniels got fired. I do like the Raiders here in this spot. Sometimes that win that they were able to get last weekend really carries over to week two. The Jets can't score. Uh, you said 21-20. What if it's like 13-10 Raiders? I, I think this is going to be a really boring game. Uh, what else? Okay, that's my outkick six-pack uh, for the week. What do you like? What jumps out to you? Is there anything that you love in the NFL with action coming up? Two games in the NFL this week. I hate this week's card, Clay. Uh, and the first one I bet was Denver plus seven and a half, and that is not a play on the Denver Broncos. That is a play against the Buffalo Bills, and this defense that is basically a shell of its former self due to injuries. Look, this defense was supposed to be good. They went out and they got Von Miller, and all of a sudden they were great at takeaways. And then all of a sudden it has just fallen off. They're now two and three in their last five games. And oh, by the way, they barely beat the Giants and the Bucks in that time. You got Denver off a bye week here. Uh, when I call it momentum, maybe they beat the Chiefs and the Packers. Let's see if Sean Payton can't shock the world and get a win in Buffalo. And then my last one, I am going to just do a situational play here. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers. When you have two teams that go into a bye in very different roles, right? So you had Jacksonville who won and covered five straight. And then you add, well, San Francisco who they were ready to give the Lombardi trophy to until they dropped three straight. We're going to see how this one plays out, but I laid it with San Francisco. I do think that sometimes those bye weeks hurt teams' momentum, and sometimes they're very needed. San Francisco needed that bye week. And I would not be surprised to see them go into Jacksonville and get this win. All right, there you got it. A little bit of programming note for everybody out there. We're going to tape the fade. We're doing this Friday. We're going to do one on Monday. 
uh, because Kelly's got to travel. We'll also have a little bit of shifting gears for the next week, which is Thanksgiving. So just kind of stay apprised. We'll tweet it out. We'll get it out there on Facebook and, uh, and TikTok and Instagram and uh, everywhere. I don't know where the heck they all put everything up now. Uh, but appreciate you. Happy early birthday. We'll talk about it on Monday. Hopefully you'll have a good gambling weekend. Hopefully all of you will as well. Remember to tap the vein for me on the over in Old Dominion Liberty. And also, I forgot to say it, on the USC Oregon over double blood banks for me in college football this week. Kelly, as we go out, your absolute favorite bet in the NFL in college football is what? You can only do one. I can only do one. All right, we're taking Penn State as my favorite bet in college football. We're taking the Denver Broncos as my favorite bet in the NFL. Awesome. We'll see you guys on Monday. This has been The Fade. I'm Clay Travis. She's Kelly Stewart at Kelly in Vegas. Follow her there. We will see you guys on Monday. Good luck with all the bets.